0: Women Taking the Lead, episode 207. Be yourself to the fullest and say what you're thinking, even if it's the unpopular viewpoint, because I was definitely on the quiet side back then, and now I am definitely
1: not. <laughs> Hello, my name is Jody Flynn, and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Have you grabbed your copy of my best-selling book, Accomplished? How to Go From Dreaming to Doing? Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash accomplished to access the secrets to achievement and success. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Your website tells a story about your business. At Zebra Love Web Solutions, Millie and her team are going to make sure your website tells the story you want your customers to hear. Connect with Millie at ZebraLoveWebSolutions.com to create the impression you want to make. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Ariana Sylvester, who is not your typical entrepreneur. She's the reality checker and partner for her crazy husband and ideal man, Tom. Lover of iced chai lattes, DIY crafting, bursting out in song, and the Big Bang Theory series, Ariana manages all three of their businesses from home, along with their two young children. Together, they own a rental property business with 18 units, a wine and liquor store, and an online coaching and training membership site for entrepreneurs. Ariana, that is very varied. (laughs) And it's a 10,000 foot view of who you are. So if you could tell us a little bit more about who you are and your own humble beginnings.
0: Sure, sure. I was um, a bit of a, what do you call it? I guess overachiever in mm-hmm. back in high school. Uh, I was a straight A student. I was a three sport athlete. I was in the choir. I was in musicals and I absolutely was obsessed with animals, um, which then actually makes sense for what I went to college for. I graduated the, with a zoology degree um, and I played soccer for four years in college as well. And that is kind of where this whole business uh, background started because that's where I met Tom, uh, who you mentioned is the idea man. Uh, We met freshman year, our first week of college. And very shortly after that, people called us the married couple (laughs) and thought it was really funny that we had like this whole five-year plan. Um, But then it actually happened. So a little bit more background on me. I am the daughter of two moms and I have a lot, a lot of strong women in my family. So I was very conscious growing up of ever being treated differently, Um, whether it was for being a woman or for being a minority. You know, they were always very supportive and wanted us to stand up for ourselves you know myself and my my cousins who had similar backgrounds um and we were in a small town when i was young we moved from a city to a small town so i did i did notice that growing up that it was very prominent in the athletics portion of my life um and also with taking like the ap science courses and stuff that you do start to notice those little nuances and just being treated, you know, just slightly different from all the the guys in the class.
1: Mm -hmm. It's harder to blend in a small town. (laughs)
0: very, very hard, very much harder, especially when you have such a crazy background, you know, with the two moms and then being a a biracial child. And then I was kind of an oddball with my reading habits and being involved in everything. You know, you meet people, Mm -hmm. you meet more people. So you're exposed to more people.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, you definitely sound like someone who, you know, is secure in who you are and i don't even know if the secure is the right word it, like what was coming to mind was self-assured confident you know comfortable with who you are in the world and what you bring to the table um but i'm i'm gonna bring have you bring us to a time right you know it's coming <laughs> yes. you know it's that i like to start us off with with that story that just kind of like sets the tone for like the success that you've then achieved. But if you could take us back to a time in your life when you were playing small, right? You didn't know how capable you were. Not, not like you do today where you know mm-hmm. like, okay, whatever comes at me, I will overcome it. You know, there's those times in our life when we don't see ourselves for who we really are. And so we hold ourselves back and we play small. So Ariana, if you could share with us the story of your playing small moment and the lessons you've learned from it. Uh, yes,
0: actually, it was not that long ago that I had um, probably one of my biggest playing small moments. Um, as we talked about, you know, I was very, uh, I was very overachieving as as a younger high school student and, and through college. And then, you know, we started those first of the two businesses, the real estate. And then afterwards, we started the small wine and liquor store. And none of that seemed to phase me. You know, I kind of picked, everything up as it came along and just took it in stride and it all kind of changed for me when we started this latest business with the transferring of our our coaching business with actual you know in person to the whole online world and I don't know what it was I don't know if it was my mentality at the time Um, but for me it was a really tough transition to make from those businesses that I was already running to being a part of the online business. And I really, I I guess I kind of didn't know my role and Tom wanted me to contribute more and I didn't really see how I could. I didn't, I was like, well, what do you want me to contribute? I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I could say that would help people or, or what, you know, what value I could give. I don't know why clients would want to work with me because Tom was actually, he's the project management, you know, that's his experience. That's what he does for a living. He's the entrepreneur at heart. He's the idea guy. And he's very, like, technical and, and business strategist. So I was like, well, why, why would they want to talk to me? Like, I don't have anything that they need. You're the one that, you know, they need help from. And I, I, for some reason in my head, I completely disregarded the fact that I was running our two brick and mortar businesses on my own on a day-to-day basis so it was just something about this online space and like teaching other people that made me balk from Mm. it Mm -hmm. and what I came away from after Tom continually having to tell me over and over again like what are you talking about like you give great value you know you know so much and we had to kind of sit down and really I had to lay everything out on the table and tell him exactly what I was feeling and he in turn was like what are you, I don't know where this is coming from. Like you're, you're smart. You know what you're talking about. You're helping people just by giving them advice and you know how to run the two businesses that we have. You did it for by yourself, you know, for two years while I was traveling for work. Um, so it was kind of, he had to like shake it into me (laughs) (laughs) that I did know things. I knew enough to be helping people and to be his partner in this business. Um, and it doesn't come as too much of a surprise to me because I do have, a bad habit of undervaluing myself or my contributions to things or, you know, brushing them aside as, Oh, it was no big deal. And he's always called me out on it before. So when he called me out on it this time, it like, it made me look back at, Oh my gosh, I do, I do do that. And I, I have been doing that. And I guess it never really affected me as much before, but this having to train other people and, you know, be giving value to other people, it just made in my head, it made it seem so much bigger. And so lately I've been trying to be a lot more conscious of it and, you know, get better at taking those compliments when people give them or get better at admitting like, yay, I, yeah, I do know that I, I can, I can speak on that because I've done it and I, you know, it's been successful for us.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm over here like shaking my head, nodding, <laughs> you know, and you probably heard me be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? because I, I totally get that. And I can totally relate to it. And I know the the women who are listening can relate to it too, where you have your area of expertise. And as long Mm -hmm. as you can do it the way you're doing it, you're perfectly comfortable. But when you have to bring it to a new platform, or if it looks a little bit different, all of a sudden we say to ourselves, well, I can't do that. Yeah, that's not yeah. my area of expertise. And I remember what what your story brought me back to was when I started coaching. When I started as a coach, it's laughable now, but I started as a life coach and I was going to coach moms on, you know, how to, you know, focus on themselves and, you know, self-care and life purpose and balance mm-hmm. and all that stuff, which is like, I'm all for those things, but that's not, you know, my, my zone of genius. And the first time somebody approached me and was like, well, I'm not a mom, but could you coach me on my business? I was like, well, I, 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 don't, I don't know how to, you know, <laughs> you know." and what I said to them was, sure, you know, but on yes, the inside, in I, yeah, in my head, I was just like, oh my God, what, what did do I do? What did I get myself into? And I started freaking out. I'm like, I've never done a business plan, business model, P&Ls and all of that. And what I realized was, you know, most of the people, most of the business owners who need business coaching, they don't need business a bit a business plan you know or the business model like Mm -hmm. what they needed was what i was already providing which was helping them to deal with stress you know so they weren't getting so stressed and so overwhelmed and they weren't so overworked like my zone of genius i could bring into the business world to help these business owners be more successful while they're being relaxed but i'll tell you ariana it was just like your first perception of being in the Mm -hmm. online world was like well i will what am I going to do here? This isn't what they're looking for, but we have we have to realize that we have these paradigms that aren't always true. Mm-hmm. And we have to recognize them. So w- what have what have you learned from this? Has this affected any other area of your life?
0: Um, so well, it it obviously, yeah, the during this time, it was it was very difficult for me mentally because it started to affect, you know, our personal lives. and and I was just, I was not, myself, mentally, I was very, um, I felt unproductive because I didn't feel like I was contributing enough, and, and I felt like Tom was more stressed out because he had to do more of the work because I didn't know what I was doing, or I claimed that I didn't know what I was doing, um, and it really, it really forced us to do a better job of assigning roles in that business. Um, because for the first two, the brick and mortar businesses, we already knew our rules. I was the day-to-day details. I run, you know, the businesses. um and Tom is more of the big picture. Let's talk about working on the businesses and how we can grow and our you know our strategies and whatnot. And for this one, we had never really done that. So I think that was part of it. And after we had the talk and we, you know, We're like, okay, well, where can I contribute? What parts do you need my help on? And what parts do I not feel comfortable with? So those should be your sections, you know. Once we had that talk about what my role was and what his role was, we got a lot more comfortable. and we started to work together better on mm. the business.
1: Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense, especially um, considering the conversation you and I had before we hit record about how we're both planners and we like our mm-hmm. schedules. Like <laughs> like we like to know what our role yeah, is. Yeah, I needed to know what am yeah. I supposed to be doing? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And as soon as we know that, we actually can not only own it, but recreate it from mm-hmm. there. But there's got to be a starting point of like, yeah, okay, exactly. what what am I responsible for yeah, you but know, once I knew, I could just
0: take it and run with it. You know, yeah. do it my own way. But mm-hmm. I needed to know what parts he wanted me to do that with.
1: Yes, and now he knows that too, which yes, is
0: great. Exactly. No, no, that's <laughs> your job. You do that one.
1: <laughs> I love it. And now, Ariana, I'd I want you to share another story with us. This one is about uh, an aha moment or a wake up call. It's that that time in your life when suddenly everything clicks and comes together. And this can happen, you know, rapidly in the moment, or it can be mm-hmm. something that has built over time where suddenly you start putting all the pieces together. So if you could, again, share with us what led up to that moment when it all clicked and you were ready to action and then the steps you took that led to your success.
0: Yeah, so this is a big one. Um, I actually had a huge, huge wake-up call uh, last year. So this goes back to before we, it was kind of, I don't know, I guess it was kind of along the way. Um, but so we started the online business and we're, we're trying to get, we were kind of revamping uh, it a little bit and had started changing our messaging and doing some different things. And that is also coincidentally the time that we had our second child. So I <laughs> was, um, very emotional and mentally exhausted. Our son was probably between, you know, six and eight months old at this time, not sleeping. He would cry and yell all the time. Uh, He had multiple ear infections. So it was just a very, I felt like a zombie, like walking around in a haze. Um, I mean, there's a chance that I may have had some postpartum depression and I just didn't realize it at the time. And, I just wasn't myself. I was unhappy. I was miserable all the time, and it was starting to get to the point where, like, my daughter would notice. and it was just it was not a good, it was not a good time. I was always angry or sad. But for some reason, I never said anything. It took me months to actually say anything about it. I was just, I guess I was trying to be super mom. Mm. you know, everyone that's kind of, This whole thing that we have hanging over moms these days that you have to do everything and be good at everything. And so I was trying to be supermom. I was trying to be a mom that was home with a young child and taking the other child to daycare three days a week. And I was trying to do the jobs I was supposed to do for the businesses. I was trying to be a wife while my husband was traveling four days out of the week. And so he wasn't home. So I was home alone with those two kids for, you know, each week for a large majority of the week. And in trying to be super mom, I could barely manage to just be a mom. So, you know, getting even work done was an afterthought at that point. So I was only doing the bare minimum to keep those two brick and mortars running and could barely contribute anything. Like we were still in that at time doing our podcast and trying to write blog posts and we had started our Facebook group and like I was just, I was barely managing. And, um, that, that wake up call happened when all of a sudden I looked at my life and realized I am not happy This is not, I'm not even, I don't even recognize myself. Like, where did this come from? And then after I finally realized it, it took me, you know, maybe another week or two to like get those thoughts out of my head and share them with Tom. And it was very difficult for me to do that because his, his consulting job was very stressful and he was traveling So I felt like I didn't want to burden him with anything else, Um, but that's actually not very helpful because then he's completely in the dark and he's supposed to be my partner on this. So I did eventually get around to, I actually wrote them out first because I find that sometimes when I'm having intense emotions about something, I want to make sure that I'm not being overly one-sided or over-dramatic about things. So I'll type everything out that exactly as it is in my head and then I'll reread it and kind of see, you know, where are the areas that I still feel that way and where are the areas that I, I'm maybe being a little bit, it's a little too much and I, it's not quite how I feel. Um, so I wrote it out and then I sat down with him and I, and I kind of read it out loud to him as opposed to talking it out and just kind of sat back and said, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> Um so we it obviously s- struck up a lot of talk between us and you know he wasn't happy because learning that I wasn't happy was like the last thing he wanted um and with the traveling it was very difficult for us to kind of figure out like well how do we fix this so we ended up after all those talks kind of um revisiting some of the goals that we had for ourselves and some of the goals that we had for our life um, and talking about, you know, what things could we improve out of this situation and how could we do that? So it ended up that it was really stressing me out to have the baby at home. He was extremely unhappy all the time. Um, It was having a lot of effect on me mentally and physically with no sleep and, and no time to to myself, really. Um, So we ended up putting him in daycare with his sister those three days a week. And that was a huge, huge help to me. I could come home and take a nap if that's what I needed. And then I could get some work done. Uh, I could take some time to myself. And it just, it really helped me come back to myself a little bit. I guess I was never meant to be a stay-at-home mom. And I just was doing that because I thought that that's what I was supposed to be doing. And that's, you know, everyone's like, oh, I wish I could be a stay-at-home parent. And I never really looked at it before and thought, am I meant to be a stay-at-home parent? And with all the stuff we were trying to do, it wasn't meant to be.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think you have to give yourself a little bit of credit too. And, that, and any of the moms listening to this are going to give, give us a hell yeah on this one, because <laughs> this has been a topic that has been coming up with my clients who are moms it's like, there is like, there's so much pressure yes. on women right now. And, and exactly what you said about who they're supposed to be as moms, that it's not realistic. You can't live up to it, but nobody yes. tells you hey, hey, don't even try to live up to this because it's impossible. It's just, but there's this thing. And, you know, we have this thing about men that men don't speak up and share their feelings. Women are just Mm -hmm. as guilty about that. We are just as guilty. It just depends on what subject you're talking about. (laughs) Exactly. If it's, if it's something where I will be a burden to somebody else or, you know, be taking my load and putting on somebody else, we will like, like, shut our mouths. We will not speak up. We will keep it to ourselves and hold it to our hearts. And it, like you said, and it only hurts the relationships and the partnerships you have in your life because they don't work if the other mm-hmm. person doesn't know what's going yeah. on with you and can't figure it out and doesn't know why you're different. Yeah. You know, well, all and of I mean, he would
0: ask me, well, you know, what's the matter? And my, my response every time I'm tired, I'm just tired. And it, I mean, I was tired, mm-hmm. but I wasn't telling him, the other parts of that, you it know? was true,
1: but it wasn't so the he didn't whole really truth. Know. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he was like, "Oh, she's tired. Like she must be really tired, but she's just tired." Mm-hmm. He didn't. He didn't see underneath. I was good at hiding it. I was being a very good actress, and he, you know, some days he would know that there was something else wrong, but I would always just blame being tired or oh, oh, Ty. You know, my son, he's being he's being extra cranky today, or he was super loud, or I couldn't get him to take a nap. You know, there was always an excuse for why I was feeling that way, and I never. I don't know why I, it was like, I couldn't tell him the real reasons because I knew that I would have a complete and total breakdown mm-hmm. at that moment. So I just kept holding it in. And finally it was like, okay, well, this this, this I can't hold it in anymore. And I actually let myself have the complete and total breakdown. I mean, there was probably a good week during that part of time where I was crying every day mm. and, I was writing, as I was writing what was in my head, I was crying and sobbing. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't, I just don't know what to do anymore. And, you know, there was no one I could talk to really, because I didn't have, I didn't know who else was going through this. And it it wasn't, I couldn't talk to my friends who didn't have kids because they wouldn't understand. And I didn't feel like I could talk to my mother because she's not an entrepreneur. She, so she wouldn't really understand. She would just be like, oh, go take a day off. And, you know, that's not it's not the same. Mm -hmm. Sure. I can take a day off, but that doesn't help the fact that then I give myself 20 more things to do on my to-do list when I go back to work. Um, and so it was very difficult to, for me because I didn't, I didn't feel like I had anybody to talk to. Um, even though I'm part of many entrepreneur communities, you know, but that's like a very, um, it's a very internal part of yourself to just open up to, somebody you don't know. And I wasn't close with a lot of entrepreneur friends that I felt comfortable sharing all of
1: that. Like, hey, you want to do a coffee date? And then bam, here's all my stuff. (laughs) I totally get that. It's being torn between being Wonder Woman, right? Mm -hmm. Having it all together, Mm -hmm. you know, not really knowing who you can talk to or, you know, Finally, just speaking up and being happy and living the life yep. you want, you know, and, and it's it's all conceptual. It's easy for us to say, like, hey, if the choice is between being Wonder Woman and being happy, be happy, you know, uh-huh. reach reach out for help. <laughs> so easy to say it's hard for us to do when we crack the code on that one, Ariana, we're, we're going to sell that in the bottle. Seriously? Oh, <laughs> my goodness. so funny and the next thing I'm curious about Ariana because we've we've chatted a little bit about your style and especially being you know a brick and um, mortar business Mm -hmm. owner and you've got some property and now you've got this online course that all different things that you know call (laughs) on you to be a different type of leader in, in different situations so what I'm very curious about is How would you describe your leadership style? Because there is no one way to lead and our personalities and our experience and actually what we're diving into determines the style we use. So what style is working for you? Um, I tend to be, I guess, a bit of a like a
0: diplomatic leader. Um, I like to feel connected to people and. Give them like a very relaxed and cool environment to be a part of. I don't like the whole micromanaging thing. And um, I'm Tom and I are very different personalities. So, you know, it's very apparent to people when they talk to us, you know, he's definitely more of a project management person. You know, he'll always ask the hard questions and make people think. And I like things to be light and I like to be supportive. And I'm not going to not you know, tell you the truth if you ask me a question, but I definitely word it a lot differently than Tom would. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as our our businesses, as an employer, um, I tend to be on the more laid back side. We try to do everything up front. Um, As soon as we hire people, we have processes set out. We have a, a binder, you know, with everything that needs to be done in the store and we have them read through. So they kind of know what's expected of them right up front. Um, So they're kind of very, they're given a lot of leeway to do their own thing and, and be their own person at the store. And then if something comes up, then they know to call me. Um, And we have two employees that are more managers. So usually it goes through, you know, if they have an issue that's directly related, they'll talk to one of the managers about it. And then if it's something that they know is extremely important or urgent, then they'll come directly to me.
1: Nice. So it sounds like not only you're, you're, Leadership style influences how you lead, but you have structures and systems and processes set up to allow you to maintain that diplomatic style. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. And Ariana, what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about and you want to share with us?
0: I am actually super excited about this.
1: <laughs> it's been a long time coming, but so
0: Tom and I have um, Startup Academy. Which is our online membership. And inside of there we have the startup roadmap, which is our uh, five phases that take people through the very beginning of starting a business and all the way on up through operating it and then um, growing it to you know scale. And we finally took out you know a little a little teaser from that and created the startup roadmap checklist. So now we can kind of give people the same information, even though they're not in our academy. And we've created this simple checklist that takes you through each of the phases and then each step in the phase. So you could print this out and literally kind of walk through if you're just starting a business. These are all the tasks that we suggest doing um, before you even, you know, start your business, doing your, your personal Uh, time audit, money audit, doing a personality assessment, that sort of thing. And then when you actually start your business, taking you through, um, you know, getting an entity set up and picking a business model, validating your idea, uh, all that sort of stuff and then into the operations portion doing strategy tactical meetings and and how often to do those and how to run certain areas of your business um so we're really excited um and that'll be coming out by the time this podcast comes out it will be live um and then we actually are rolling out something new with the academy as well we're going to be doing a free trial for people to start up for the or set up sign up sorry for the <laughs> academy Um, because we want to help as many entrepreneurs as we can. That's one of our biggest goals for this year. So we decided that the free trial was the quickest and easiest way for everyone to kind of get in and see if that's a good fit for them. And, uh. And become members.
1: Awesome. And you'll, we'll have the links in your show notes ready to go for when your yes. episode goes live. So if you are listening right now, this is a done deal. You can go to the show notes page and grab them and I'll have you give those links before we say goodbye. But next, sure. what I'd like you to share with us is the biggest leadership or business challenge that you're faced with right now.
0: Uh, right now, one of the biggest challenges that we have is Tom and I find that we're very good at um, connecting with people in person but when you're in the online world obviously you don't get to do that all the time so our biggest challenge
1: is getting our message out to those who could use our help. And how are you working on that? what is what are some of the things that you're kind of thinking about or grappling with there? So we're
0: working on obviously one of the biggest things with um, the online world is getting visible. So we're working on you know writing some really awesome blog posts. We're working on you know getting our message out through podcasts and people you know that are aligning with our message. We're working on getting um, in front of people in Facebook groups that have similar um, audiences with entrepreneurs that are looking for guidance and, you know, just getting clearer with how we're speaking to people so that they can get the, you know, our elevator pitch right away. Like this is what we
1: do and this is how we do it. So Mhm. And you know what's really funny, we were talking earlier about how I was saying how I was so intimidated coming into the business world. You know, because I was like, "Oh, I don't know how to do plans and models and make all those decisions and stuff." But what I realized from my clients is they had already been established. However, there is a segment of the population that I'm not a good fit for because they're in the startup phase and they mm-hmm. do need all of that information that I, that is not my area of expertise. So for those of you who are listening, if you're in that phase and you've been kind of checking out my coaching and realizing, Hey, I'm not talking about how to get your business, you know, started and off the ground and what foundational things you need in place and what structure do you need to have? Ariana is the person you want to go to for that. If later on down the road you find yourself plateauing or getting stuck and you realize something else is going on, come back. <laughs> come back to me. Yes. <laughs> it's awesome. And Ariana, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? Um,
0: I like to listen, uh, listening to what people are saying and asking myself what I can do to improve their struggle or their issues that they're having in their business
1: mm-hmm. A quick follow-up question to that because listening is so broad. how do mm-hmm. you how do you make sure that you are listening? Do you have any practices or like something you say to yourself to get yourself in that place to focus and listen because it's so easy to get distracted even when people are talking to us. A lot of times I see it all the time people lose their their attention. You know, mm-hmm. when they lose their focus and then they're not listening anymore, how do you How do you do it so you're doing it well?
0: Um, I guess I'd like to put myself in people's shoes, um, you know, going back to when we were in a similar situation and how we were feeling um, or if we weren't in a similar situation, m- just putting ourselves there and thinking like, oh, if this had happened to me or if I was struggling with this, how would I want someone to help me get through it? And that way I'm not, you know, I don't I don't ever want to, like, push my views or my guidance on people um, because there's so many people that are willing to do that in the online world. But more give advice that, you know, may be helpful because I'm not being forceful about it, you know.
1: Mm Hmm. Awesome. And what advice would you give your younger self? Um, I was, I,
0: as we talked about earlier, I was pretty confident in, in most areas of my life, but there were some things that, that I wasn't. And I, I would tell myself to be yourself to the fullest and say what you're thinking, even if it's the unpopular viewpoint, because I was definitely on the quiet side back then. And now I am definitely
1: not. (laughs) (laughs) Now share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you.
0: So I like the quote, be the kind of leader that you would follow, because what I've seen in the online world is that there's so much noise and there's just so many experts and gurus and, you know, everyone out there that's trying to get everyone to follow them. And a lot of times people take roads that I wouldn't necessarily take to get there. So as we take our journey into this community, I want to remember that. I want to promise that we will always stay true to our values and keep our end goal in sight. It's not the money. It's not about the money for us. Um, I don't really care to be a millionaire. I would just like to live comfortably. And then I would like to do that, helping as many other people improve their life and their businesses in the process.
1: Well said. (laughs) Lastly, Ariana, what is the best way for this community to connect with you?
0: The best way to connect with me is in our um, Facebook community for entrepreneurs, which you can find at SerialStartups.co slash FBCommunity. Um, And if there's anyone that's interested in the academy itself, uh, you can find that at SerialStartups.co slash join. Um, And then I also included my email um, if anyone wants to get in touch with me directly, which is Ariana. At serialstartups.co.
1: Mm-hmm. And for those of you listening, you know you can find all the links and resources that Ariana shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com because I know oftentimes you guys are on the go and jotting all that down is, is too much <laughs> yeah, in the moment. Please don't write and drive. Right. If right. You're listening in your car. <laughs> <laughs> so true. And Ariana, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thanks, Jody. It was so great to talk to you again. All right, ladies, I'm going to talk straight because I know you ambitious, high-achieving entrepreneurial women appreciate that. I know some of you are struggling and you find yourself saying, I know what to do to achieve my goal. I'm just not doing it. And you're struggling with having the time, energy, or willpower to move forward in your business or career. You may even be thinking you've developed adult ADD. I can help you with that, and you'll soon be surprised by how much you are able to get accomplished. No more going it alone, suffering silently while another year goes by. Send me an email at Jodi, J-O-D-I, at womentakingthelead.com, and let's get the conversation started. Again, thank you for joining me and here's to your success.